Double Dribble Podcast brought to you by the DS Walk Show and Deep Voice Radio is coming at you in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. And welcome to the Double Drill Podcast. I'm your host, DS Walk. And I want to thank everybody for listening to my podcast. Thank you all for your support. Thank you very, very much. But we're going to get right into the association because a lot has happened these last few days. Actually, a lot has happened these last two weeks. And I'm going to get right to it. But before I do, I'm going to give you guys a quick update on the basketball game that's currently on game five between the Hawks and the Sixers. And with 59.1 seconds left in the second quarter, the Philadelphia 76ers lead the Atlanta Hawks 60 to 36. It looks like Philly came out here and they want to win the ball game. I'm quite sure they feel like crap for blowing game four. I know if I was Joe B, who went 0 for 12 in the fourth quarter, or should I say, just played pretty damn bad in the second half of that ball game, I would think I'd come out and be a house of fire myself. So, with 59.1 seconds left in the second quarter, the Sixers lead the Hawks 60-36. to But, let's get into some good, bad, and ugly, and all these relationships that have made some changes. First relationship change. We're going to start all the way back two weeks ago with the Portland Trailblazers part of ways with Terry Stout. As report came out this week, the reason why they ended their relationship is not because the Portland Trailblazers won the pretty girl on the side. It's because their pretty girl wanted more money and they wasn't willing to get that their pretty girl any more money because, look, she didn't max out the credit card too many times and showed nothing for it. So, therefore, Terry Stout is out at Portland. Goes to the second situation with a pretty girl is the Washington Wizards as they parted ways with their head coach, Scott Brooks, because Scott Brooks, a.k.a. the wonderful pretty girl, maxed out his time with the Wizards and he wanted a new contract and they were negotiating a new contract extension, but they couldn't come to terms because Scott Brooks wanted more money than he deserved. So they mutually parted ways. Now, I don't know about this mutually parted ways thing here, but I'm quite sure both head coaches probably didn't deserve to keep their jobs because they just wasn't doing a good enough job to keep their job. Stan Van Gundy, who was the hot girl on the side, who openly wanted to be in a relationship with the New Orleans Pelicans, and the Pelicans said, all right, cool, you're an older chick, let's be in a relationship, let's date each other. And then, after one season, the New Orleans Pelicans like, you know what? We don't want you no more, so here you go. Stan Van Gundy was let go by the New Orleans Pelicans today, and New Orleans Pelicans are now searching for another head coach. They don't like Van Gundy, even though Van Gundy was giving the team with a good future, a lot of talent. It's just that talent didn't come together. So the Pelicans, new head coach. The Indiana Pacers, who also had a decent-looking girl, let their coach go. Why? Because their head coach alienated and made a lot of people mad. So, therefore, the Pacers are looking for a new head coach. So, basically, a lot of these teams who were in relationships with their head coaches, a.k.a. the decent, pretty, down-to-earth, homebody girl, all then panned out, and therefore, they got kicked to the curb. But, as I'm going to say, and please don't get mad at me about this, I don't feel bad about it. Why? 
because they all underachieve with the talent they have. Now, with Stan Van Gundy, it's a little different because you had Zion Williamson, you have Brandon Ingram, two building blocks right there, two guys who are all-star. It's just everybody else just didn't come together. And to Van Gundy's fault, he had J.J. Redick, and he didn't play J.J. Redick a lot. He, he's a floor spacer. Anytime you got two guys who going to command a double team, you need a guy out there who want to shoot the three. He didn't play that guy. Instead, Van Gundy wanted to play the young guys. And uh, nothing wrong with that. Keir Lewis Jr., he needs a playing time. Jackson, their center, who's drafted last year was Zion Williamson. He needs some playing time. Jackson Hayes, by the way, out of University of Texas. He needs some playing time. You know, Steven Adams, Eric Bledsoe, J.J. Reddy, they're good players. I tru truly believe that they could have helped this team at least get into the play-in game, but it didn't happen. He didn't use them right, and that's why he is on the curve, kicked to the curve, and said, hey, don't come back. So we got a lot of head coaching positions. Not a lot, just four. Oh, five. Steve Clifford or the Orlando Magic. He was a decent girl. WWE the Orlando Magic for three seasons, four seasons, five seasons, and they kicked him to the curve. Why? Just one developing the young players. You have Mo Baba sitting there on the bench, didn't play him. You didn't even play him after you traded, after this, your starting center, Vujic, was traded to the Chicago Bulls, and Mo Baba still wasn't getting no playing time. So he got kicked to the curve, and there might be more. I mean, Coach Bud is on the hot seat. We don't know what's going to happen in that situation. If Milwaukee Bucks don't get to the finals, it's safe to say that he will join the unemployment line of all the pretty young faces out there who are looking for jobs. But this is also an opportunity for all those longtime side chicks, a.k.a. assistant coaches, to get an opportunity to be a head coach, an opportunity to step up to the plate and tell his teams why they deserve the job and why they shouldn't hire those ex-old pretty girls because they feel they need the job. And those side chicks, a.k.a. assistant coaches, the long-time assistant coaches, this is their opportunity, this is their moment. Sam Cassell, this is your chance. Vanderpool, this is your chance. Chauncey Billup, this is your chance. This is Becky Hammond. Your chance to make history. And God knows I hope she does make history, become the first female coach to be a head coach in the NBA. I hope she gets that opportunity. So let's see if these teams play ball, play nice, and start seeking out the new age girls, <coughs> excuse me, the new age assistant coaches, or are they going to continue to go to the rethread of hiring all these, uh, hiring other, all these other coaches who had chances, who had opportunities, and this is see when they had a chance. And I'm not saying they don't deserve another chance. All I'm saying is, coordinate track record, they didn't get the job done. So let's see what's going to happen on the culture front. And speaking happened on the culture front, Coach Bud, I know you're a good coach. Actually, you're one of the best in the NBA. But for the life of me, I can't understand how your team, who is right now better than the Brooklyn Nets, is down three games to two. Where Brooklyn is basically down Kyrie and a half of James Harden. The Brooklyn Nets are down one and a half superstar, and they find a way to beat the Milwaukee Bucks. You know, the one thing about relationships and that a lot of us always have to do is that we have to change. We don't change for the bet for the worst. We try to change for the why because we want to be not only a better version ourselves, but we want to be a better version of our spouse, especially if you're married. Especially if you're married. You know, we make these. Changes changes is you make these changes for the good you don't go backward you don't hustle backward and what we seen out of the milwaukee buck 
Bucks in game five. And the way they hustled backward, where they were up by 12, 14 points, dominating the first quarter. Somehow, some way, they let Brooklyn get back in the game in the second quarter. And then they find a way to lose the game overall. 114-108. Again, James Harden only had five points. Kyrie Irving didn't play. But Kevin Durant put on a Hercules moment against the Milwaukee Bucks. Matter of fact, as some people say, KD had that game. He had that game where we were all waiting for when he didn't have that game in Golden State, where this is his team. They were on the brinks. They needed him a lot, and he stepped up to the plate, and he put the hammer on the Brooklyn Nets. The, the breakout game, as some people say, KD KD needed to have to submit his greatness. Where I say KD needed to have a game like this to prove everybody's wrong and he's right. And he had that game. 49 points, triple-double. KD did everything he was supposed to in game five. You know who didn't? Giannis, Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, Coach Bud. They didn't do everything that was necessary. If you were going to tell me that Jeff Green, 23 points, Blake Griffin, 17 points. It was going to be the difference of the Brooklyn beating Milwaukee. I would say, use a damn lie. And guess what? You were telling the truth. And we got to do what it's due. We can sit here and criticize how Blake Griffin tanked through the, through the tile end two seasons straight till he got to where he wanted to get to. We can say all that if we want to. But the bottom line is this man changed his game. This man wants to win the chip. And even though we question his desire to win a chip because he decided to join an all-star team, you know what? Blake Griffin made the right decision for his career. Now, we not, probably don't like the way he did it by quitting on Detroit, but he's shown everybody that he is willing to do the dirty stuff. All right, the man leads the NBA, not just the regular season, the postseason taking charge. He's out here diving on the floor to get loose balls. He is basically hitting some three-point shot. He changed his game. Anybody, he can still dunk. But you get what I'm saying? Is that Blake Griffin is putting it all out there for winning championships. Something that we didn't see from Blake Griffin ever. Jeff Green, who the last few years, has his game has elevated. And I say last few years because when he's with the Cleveland Cavaliers with LeBron James, he was doing something. And then when he got to Brooklyn, he started ball. But now when he's playing with KD, Kyrie, and James Harden, two out of three is out. KD need him. He need to hit big shots. He need to step up, and he has done it. Jeff Green is playing better now than he started his career. A guy who wants to win a chip, who's laying it all on the line. I don't see that with the Milwaukee Bucks. All I see, when I see Giannis getting 34 points, they're empty because it's, it's, he's doing, it's no passion there. He's too busy out here trying to take three-point shots. He don't need to be taking them. He need to be posting up or taking these guys to the hole because they can't stop him. He's a dominant force, and he's not taking advantage of it. And when you got your head coach out here, it's not telling him that it's a problem. And when you got a coaching staff that's not trying to change their game plan and sticking to the same game plan that they stuck to in the regular season, and you know damn well it's the postseason, you got to change some stuff. They're not doing it. Where Chris Middleton is out here, I don't know what the heck is he doing. He's not doing anything. Drew Holiday, you brought him over here from New Orleans to be make to make a difference, to be a difference. And he has been most of the season. He is struggling now. What happened to getting an easy shot? What happened to you have a size advantage over a depleted Brooklyn Next team who has no size? The biggest player they're playing right now is Blake Griffin. Nicholas Claxton is everything a buck 96. He's a lightweight, but he's seven feet tall, but he's a lightweight. Blake Griffin's the heaviest player. And you're down? And they're schooling you guys like this? They should be ashamed of themselves. Milwaukee gets to play like a team that, that needs a win.
And they do need to win. They got approaches like in game seven. Coach Bud's job is on the line. There's no way in the world you got all this talent on this team and you vastly underachieve. It just can't. P.J. Tucker is one of the toughest guys in the league. He didn't do squat last night. He had no points. He's one of the best corner shooting threes in the league. One of the best. Didn't do anything. That can't happen. Giannis, 34 points, can't be empty. Milwaukee Bucks got to come out of your house of fire. If they want to save their season and get to the finals, but more important, if they want to save their coach's job, they got to come out here, man. Because I tell you what, Brooklyn is not going to change the way they plan. James Harden is going to play, but is it a guarantee he's going to score five points again? I think not. Blake Griffin is going to play Blake Griffin. He's going to draw some charges. He's going to get some easy shots, and he's going to shoot some threes. Jeff Green is going to be Jeff Green. They're going to contribute the way they've been doing. And you know what KD's going to do. He is unconscious right now. Please, if you're a Brook, if you're a Nets fan, don't wake him up right now. The man is unconscious. The man is on fire. The man might lead y'all to a championship, okay? But here's the flip side to this. If you're a Milwaukee fan, if you're a Milwaukee fan, you want to win. You know why? Because if Milwaukee wins game six and go back to Brooklyn, you put all the pressure back on Brooklyn. You put all the pressure back on Kevin Durant to close you guys to close it out the game twice nobody wants that 50 50 that's why it is important for brooklyn to close it out in game six if they can but this is more important for the milwaukee bucks to win game six to put the pressure back on brooklyn these are pressure times these are pressure times and these are uncertain times because for you milwaukee bucks if you lose game six coach bud y'all pretty girl it's gonna be gonna get kicked to the curve and he's gonna join the ranks of the rest of the pretty girls that got kicked to the side because they were just not good enough. That's how the NBA rolls now. It's kind of funny that a lot of the culture changes not coming from bad teams. And usually that's always happened. You know, when bad teams stick up the joint, you know, they don't do anything in a two, three-year span. They fire the head coach, bring another coach in to continue the job and continue to develop and try to win more ball game. Now we're seeing coaches who take their team to the playoffs two, three, four years in a row, and if they underachieve, they out the door. So nice change of pace here. But we're going to take a break here, and I'm going to throw another change of pace at you because not only did this pretty girl get fired, but this pretty girl was a high-ranking official. So we'll be right back on the Double Drill Podcast. back to the double drug podcast i'm your host ds walk and right before i went on break i was telling you guys another pretty girl out here in the world also lost their job at the 24 seasons with one team and who i'm talking about ladies and gentlemen i am talking about donnie nelson president basketball operations slash junior manager of the dallas mavericks who was let go today by the dallas mavericks due to increased friction decision making by mark cuban Right-hand man, director of quantitative research and development, Haralebos Vulgaris, former gambler. And now he works for the Dallas Mavericks. And as I said, the right-hand man of Mark Cuban. 
Now, I know a lot of you guys don't know what's really going on back here in the DFW area. And I know some of you guys read magazines and articles. So if you haven't checked out uh, Cato, I want to say it's Tim Cato of The Athletic, uh, please check it out. He talks about the friction between the Dallas Mavericks and there's young superstar player Luka Doncic, how he doesn't trust, doesn't like the front office, and questions about his long-term future here in Dallas. Now, that article went on to explain some stuff that, you know, Luka doesn't like, doesn't like Volgaris because he feels that he's interfering too much on the basketball side and the front office just not doing anything about it. And because of that, Luka doesn't trust the front office of the Dallas Mavericks. Mark Cuban, owner of the Dallas Mavericks, went on to say that this article is a bunch of BS. But my question is, really? Is it all BS, Mark? Because if it is all BS, then you would have never fired or your president slash general manager will probably never walked away or were probably just parted ways because even though I feel Donnie Nelson should have been gone 10 years ago, my personal opinion, he should have been gone 10 years ago and maybe and maybe this team would have better talent. Rick Carlisle would have had a better team that he can work with. Maybe just maybe the Mavericks would be a championship contender right now. But that's just one guy's opinion, nobody else's. But the reason why I call BS on Mark Cuban is because you fire, you part of ways with him now, right after this article was printed. Because you knew you had problems in your front office. You knew that Luca was unhappy. You knew this already. You knew that you had a guy who was on the side who was interfering in basketball matters. A guy that was in your ear persuading you to make these decisions and because that, it affected the court. It affected guys on the court. It affected the guys in the front office, which led to your young star player saying, yo, I don't trust the front office. I don't like the front office. That's a huge problem. And you know what that sounds like to me? This sounds like the same situation going down in Houston with the Houston Texans and their owner with Deshaun Watson. Minus the sexual assault cases, because I'm quite sure Luca's not out here disrespecting women. But before the sexual assault, assault cases came out, Deshaun Watson had the same issue with the Houston Texas front office. He didn't like them. He didn't trust them. And they showed their hand. They basically, basically showed him why, they, why he didn't like them. And kind of the same comparison is going on here in Dallas. Now, the only difference is now is that the Mavericks haven't asked Luca his opinion who should be the next junior manager or Rick Carlisle, who, who's their longtime head coach, who I feel next season should be on the hot seat. I love Rick, who should be on the hot seat if the Mavericks continue to underachieve next season. Not this season, next season. So, if you're Mark Cuban, you got this article come out about your, about your team, about your franchise, about how dysfunction is. And about how your young star player doesn't trust the front office. Because of the article, you fire your longtime president of basketball operation. Where do you go from here? Where do you go from here? Who's willing to take the job? Because I tell you what, whoever takes the job is going to have to work with Luca. And not only work with Luca, they're going to have to hear him out. Because I truly believe that Luca is going to sign his super max. But if he still is not happy uh, that what's going on in the front office, if he's not happy with the talent in which he has not came out and said, all this stuff has been reported, but he has not came out and said this. If he's still unhappy, he's going to want out of Dallas. And no one's here to blame but Mark Cuban. 
You know, Mark Cuban has always been the owner that everybody loves, especially his players. They love the fact that he's different. They love the fact that he's passionate. He cares. He's transcending. He's good for the game. In the beginning, he wasn't, but he grew to understand the game of basketball. He grew to understand how the game is played and how everything works. Don't get me wrong. He has frustrated David Stern a lot. Like I said, Mark Cuban had to change, and he did. He grew. He got better. And what happened? He went to two NBA Finals, won one, lost one. But how could you possibly, possibly underachieve as much as you guys are doing now? How could you underachieve so bad? You know, it, it, when you had Dirk, when you had Dirk, you gave Dirk Jason Terry, who was still good. You gave him Sean Marion, Marion, who was on the downside, but he was decent. He was he was okay. He could still do some things, but he wasn't a superstar player as he was with Phoenix. You got you gave him Tyson Chandler, good defensive player. You gave him Jason Kidd, Hall of Fame player, passes prime. He could still do some things. You really never surrounded Dirt and Whiskey with A1 talent, except the fact that one few years he, he played with Steve Nash, but that was it. And because of that, I think we need to all recognize how Dirk carried this franchise, the impact Dirk had on this team. The simple fact that Dirk did a lot for this team. We got to recognize that, yo, this dude was a straight-up superstar because he worked with nothing and took this team to two main finals, him and Jason Terry. And Jason Terry was a six-man off the bench, but he was one of the best six-mans off the bench. Him and Dirk and Whiskey, they took this team to the championship twice and won one. And to be honest with you, they shouldn't have won that. They were... They were the most experienced team, yes. They were a veteran team who knew how to win, yes. Who played together for a while, yes. But they should have won that. They should have won it five years earlier. But hold on. It, 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 but hold on. So the, you break up that team knowing that he still got dirt, he can still ball, and he can still play, and he's not out of his prime yet. What did you give him? You gave him nothing. You, you set back Donnie Nelson. You set back Mark Cuban. And you guys got fat. You got lazy. You took advantage of Dirk Nowitzki's talent and felt actually thought that he can do it again. And when you realized he couldn't, you decided not to do anything. Where you could have started your rebuild three years before Dirk retired. Three years before Dirk retired, you could have started your rebuild and you could have gotten better. Could have got better. Could have got better. And then when you start to do your rebuild, you started towards his last season. And when they stunk, you hit the jackpot and got Luca, and because Luca came out the gate blazing fire, he is one of the best young superstar players in the game right now. Because Luca was a how came out house of fire, because he was good or excuse me, he was way better than advertised. You couldn't rebuild, so you had to continue to add some talent around Luca because you realize that you're not going to rebuild. You're going to be a playoff team. So you traded for Porzingis and Tim Hardaway Jr. That sped up the process with Dean Finney, Dorian Finney-Smith, Dwight Powell, Massey Kleber. Sped up the process. Then you added Josh Richardson. And you went into the bubble last season. And you played great basketball in the bubble. Trey Burke was hitting shots. Jalen Brunson didn't play. But during the season he did, he was hitting big shots. Tim Hardaway Jr. was balling. Porzingis was balling before he went out with his injury. Then when you when you lost to the Clippers, it was it was it was like damn. But we were happy because we see the future. We seen Luca was taking it to him, was giving it to these dudes on the court. Then you come to this season, it's like you know what? This thing gonna be better. This thing gonna be a lot better. And on the add-ons you made was trade with Josh Richardson and James Johnson, and you traded James Johnson 
to the New Orleans Pelicans for J.J. Reddick. And J.J. Reddick barely got off the bench. He ain't seen no action in the postseason, the first round where he could have been helpful, where, where Luke was penetrating, looking for someone to hit a three-point shot. Your, your best three-point shooter, J.J. Reddick, was sitting on the bench chilling, eating a hot dog and nachos and sipping beer next to me. That's a Rick Carlisle problem, ladies and gentlemen. That should never happen. That's the only add-ons you had. You couldn't get another good young talent to go with Luca. That's a Donnie Nelson issue and a Mark Cuban issue. Because these boys has been fraud for these 10-plus years. They haven't added no significant type of talent around this team. And, yes, I'm including towards the end of the years of, of Dirk Nowitzki, who is, by the way, if you ever go into a store here in, in the DFW area, uh, a Dallas Cowboy um, store, official store, you'll see number Cowboy jersey. But you'll see one jersey that's not a Cowboy jersey, and that's a Dirk Nowitzki basketball jersey hanging on the wall at all Cowboys apparel stores. I kid you not. Dirk Nowitzki is God down here, okay? They love Dirk Nowitzki more than they love any other athlete to ever play here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Luka Doncic is becoming that type of guy here in the DFW area. He's becoming that type of player in the NBA. Ladies and gentlemen, Luka Doncic in probably another two years or maybe one is going to be the de facto best player in the game. He is set up to take the mantle from LeBron James. He is set up to be the new face of the NBA, a face that was basically handed to them by the Atlanta Hawks. So if you're the Dallas Mavericks, what I mean by that, ladies and gentlemen, gentlemen, is that the Hawks traded Luka Doncic to the Dallas Mavericks for Trey Young. And I said what I said again, the Dallas Mavericks got the best end of this deal, but I also made the case that it worked out for both teams. The Dallas Mavericks had an opportunity, an elite opportunity, to have the best player in the whole damn league, and they're about to drop the ball. They can't do that. So once Luka signed his super max extension, if I'm Luka, you got to give me everything I want. Because in a way, Luka Doncic is going to be the de facto general manager of this team once he signed his max extension. Or I should say even before then, he is going to demand top-notch talent. Because if he doesn't get it here in Dallas, he will leave and go somewhere else and get it. And whoever's the next GM here needs to do that. Because I'm telling you, every a lot of NBA players wants to play with Luka. You can't tell me a lot of them don't want to. If you see the way he made Tim Hardaway a better player, the way he's made Porzingis a better player when he's healthy and when he's actually involved in the offense, the way he makes Massey Cleaver, the way he makes Dwight Powell, Dory Finney-Smith, Jalen Brunson, the way he makes these guys better players, heck yeah, anybody should want to play with Luka, but they have to go get those guys. Mark Cuban has to allow his new president or general manager to go get those guys. But more importantly, whoever he decides to hire, he has to have his GM work with Luca because this is not about Porzingis. This is not about Mark Cuban no more. This is about Luca. What do you want? Who you want to play for? Which guys you think that would help? It's not it's not about going to Rick Carlisle as his opinion. It's about going to the young superstar who's going to be the face of this league and ask him what did he want? Because I had told a buddy of mine this early and I stand by what I said. This is a player's league. It's a player's league because once the players and owner negotiate this last CBA and when they came out and said this is a partnership, all of that, the players got to listen to the owners and they got to stick around to that one, for that team. All that's over with. Once they came out and said this is a partnership, 
that's it was over players can leave if they're unhappy it doesn't matter what type of contract they're signing players can leave because players are now are entitled entitled to build their brand and if anytime these players feel that the front office is not holding up the end of their bargain they will dip and this is the first time in a very long time that we have seen this that as fans of this game as fans of these players we always criticize the players for leaving or for not showing up in the postseason or for playing bad games or for not leading this team to a championship we always criticize the player and sometimes we criticize the team as a whole but this nba these players they're doing something that we haven't seen in a very long time they are holding their front office accountable and if they don't like their front office personnel if they don't get along with the front office they will leave because it's bad for business and it's bad for their brand and I know a lot of us don't like it. And I know a lot of us don't want to admit that. But it's true. It's very, very true. Chris Paul, LeBron James, Dwayne Wade come around, And they changed the way the game is being presented to us off the basketball court. Okay? This is not back when Michael Jordan, Isaiah Thomas, and the boys, where they did business. This is entirely different. This is way different. This is a partnership now. And if, it's, if this partnership is not good for them, they'll walk away. It doesn't matter who they play for. Well, actually, it does matter who they play for. Because they want to go somewhere, A, where I can win, and B, continue to build my brand. They're not worried about the money because the money is there. The money is not going to leave. So, if you're the Mark Cuban, this is a big hire for you. Your next hire for president of basketball operation, this is huge. Because he's going to have to understand, he's not only working for you, but he's also working for Luca. And he's going to have to put the talent around him to make him happy. So this is going to be a very interesting offseason, not only in the NBA, but for the Dallas Mavericks as well. As well. I mean, we just seen five coaches lose their jobs or the correct pronunciation parted ways. And we might see another one. We've seen an assistant general manager of a losing team for the Detroit Pistons get fired. We are in different times in this game. And more importantly, playing these games during the pandemic, I mean, it's so unpredictable. We don't have the Lakers in the postseason. We don't have the Boston Celtics in the postseason no more. We got the Phoenix Sun in the Western Conference Finals. We got Utah trying to get to the Western Conference Finals. Different type of powerhouses. This is the same NBA that we've seen in 2019 and part of 2020. Things are different. Things have changed. Relationships have changed. This is the new NBA. We're going to see how this play out. I want to thank you guys for listening. This is the Double Dribble Podcast. I'm the man, D.S. Walk. God bless you. I'm out. Thank you for listening to the Double D Podcast, a.k.a. the Double Dribble Podcast, brought to you by the DL Spark Show and The Voice Radio. You can listen to me on Anchor or on Spotify, and you can follow me on Twitter.